praise God. Amen. Thank you so much, Katie. Such a great spirit here. Just uh, when we were singing, uh, just this verse came up to me, so I'm just going to take a step that it's for, for us today. But in the Proverbs, it says this. It says, And the strong spirit of a man sustains him in the day of adversity. Right? Let's say that out loud together. Say, The strong spirit of a man sustains me in the day of adversity. I mean, you can go ahead and be seated if you want to this morning. But just want to encourage you in that, that, again, when we're facing challenges, when we're facing situations, uh, when life comes at us in whatever form or fashion, again, it's the strong spirit on the inside of you that will sustain you. Right? That's what will keep you in the day of adversity. So to kind of speak on that just real quick, um, your spirit, the part of you that's born again, uh, Paul said, I believe to the Colossians, he says, your spirit is complete in him. Right? Your, your spirit, that real part of you, you've heard me say this before, if I could peel back your flesh and I could peel back your soul and you could actually see your spirit, and I jokingly say if I could choose a superpower in our Marvel-esque day, uh, that would be the superpower I would choose is the ability to let people peek at their spirit and just see how much like Jesus you actually look like. Right? So on the inside of you, your spirit looks just like Christ. Right? You were a seed from the seed. Like, and we use that analogy in the natural, like if I had a corn seed in my hand and I had an ear of corn in my hand, the seed that was planted and the kernels on the cob would be identical. And see, that's you. The seed that was planted of Christ, of Jesus himself, it says he was planted in the earth through death and burial and he rose again and came back to life and produced from himself many seeds just like him. Does that make sense? Yeah. So even when we talk about that verse that it's the strong spirit of a man that sustains him, the core of that strength is that you are like Jesus. Hey, aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that, that when life happens, you don't have to dip into your ability. You actually dip into the seed that's on the inside of you. Amen. Does that make sense? Yeah. Right. And, and, and that which carries you and I through hard times is the seed of Christ himself that is on the inside of you. It's who you are. So your spirit man is complete. It's full. Another aspect of that, though, and I think where, as Katie was saying, and where we, where we run into our challenges and what I call our soul. So I'm going to add just a little bit. I don't think it takes away from the verse, but also that verse could be read like this. And the strong soul that's on the inside of you. Like Kevin did a great talk about soul healing this week on the Facebook Live. But it's a strength of soul that also sustains you, right? And part of that strength of soul is, is okay, it's not, I know it, it's not putting on a face. It's not faking it till you make it, 
Aren't you glad we don't have to fake it till we make it? <laughs> Aren't you glad we don't have to pretend? Amen. Aren't you glad that all throughout Scripture there was never given any instruction of don't let them see you sweat? <laughs> oh, come on now. Are you with me? Um, I, I'm just going to quote some stuff and we'll see where we go. Does that make sense? So you can find all this if you want to. It, it's it's, it's Googleable. So if you want to check me out, you can Google me and make sure. And I encourage you to Google me at all times. And make sure that what I say lines up with what you find in the word via Google. <laughs> but, you know, Paul, in, in writing to the Corinthians, um, in one of the letters, Paul said this. He said, I was pressed hard on all sides, yet I was never broken. Right? He says, uh, we ran into difficulties above measure. Yet we never gave up. And this is the Brad paraphrase. But here's the one that I remembered from, from one of the versions. I looked at it a week or so ago. He says, we were knocked to the ground, but we were never knocked out. I love that phrase. Amen. Right? It, Paul said, hey, man, they hit us and it took us down. It dropped us to our knees. But, man, nobody's ever knocked me out. Right, And then he says a, a very interesting phrase. He says, therefore, I will not be discouraged. See, and, and that's strength of soul. And, and walking with Jesus and walking what we call the life of faith and where we get the name of our church from is not saying that there will never be problems. It's not saying that there will never be challenges. I think sometimes in our modern, especially charismatic church world, uh, it's been painted and presented that if you're really walking in faith, you'll never have a problem. Yeah. Right? If you're really up there on Faith Mountain, you'll never get sick. Or if you're really up there on Faith Mountain, you'll never have a financial challenge. Or if you're really up there on Faith Mountain, there'll never be an issue that happens in your life. There'll never be something that goes, life will just be easy and smooth and you'll just go from glory to glory effortlessly. And, and that's how you know you're really a faith person, a faith man, a faith woman. Anybody ever heard that kind of, can I just be real, that kind of stupid before? Anybody ever heard that kind of stupid before? Because listen to me guys, that's stupid. If you hear people paint that kind of picture, that's stupid. The life of faith is not a life without problems. The life of faith tells me I already have the answer before the problem ever showed up. Right. Right? Like Paul said, man, we were pressed hard on every side. We were struck down but never knocked out. There were challenges and persecutions and things happened but I just don't get discouraged. Do you see the difference in that? Because it's a strength of soul that comes from the full spirit that's on the inside of you. See, what gives you and I a strength of soul is I am united with Christ. Does that make sense? Yeah. Can I, um, I want to make sure that's real clear because sometimes I know as... As I speak, especially in over 20-something years of ministry, and we talk to people about this is who you are. This is who you are because of Jesus. Then sometimes I don't ever, it can be misconstrued that, well, Brad, you're saying we'll never have issues. And I'll never, that would just be lying to people. 
But because of who you are, issues come, but they never take you out. Does that make sense? Like, like, I appreciate your transparency, Kitty. You know, we go through seasons of the year, and all of us probably have those seasons, yeah. right? Where, you know, there's a time of year. Sometimes those times are marked by the anniversary of a passing of a loved one, or we remember something, or something happens. And there can be seasons, even throughout a year, where you come back, and, and it could be a challenging time. Yeah. But what gets you through the challenging time? The strong spirit and soul that's on the inside of you. The strong spirit is innate. By its nature, your spirit is strong because it's filled with Christ. Right? And from that, that identity of who you are, right? Hey, Selah, you go with Miss Camilla and y'all can help Mr. Charlie. That way Miss Tabitha can be in the service. Thank you. Does that make sense? Your soul can be as strong as your spirit. Because the part of us that's challenged is our soul. Is that, is that, again, we've been talking about, you know, money and finances and different stuff over the last several weeks. And, and, and I'll just pick on, you know, Kevin and I have talked and, and some of the stuff is the whole, it can be the challenge of, well, man, I know I'm blessed, but yet I look at the bank account and the bank account doesn't necessarily show match up with what I know I am. Yeah. Anybody else besides me and Kevin? Anybody only me and Kevin. Or does anybody else want to join? And you can you can look at that and if you're not careful, you it can seem like, well man, is my faith more in my bank account? Well no. That's just the that's just the challenge of our soul. Yeah. Where will I tell my soul to go? Um, go to Psalms. Man, this is not at all where I expected to go this morning. We'll see what happens. Does that sound good? Yep. Hmm. No, no, you just sit there. You, you, you're just fine, buddy. This will do you some good, too. I think it's Psalms. i got to find Psalms chapter 34. Now, notice this. Psalms chapter 34. And we'll hit here and we'll see if we'll bridge into... I want to... Finish up what we've been talking about um, with resource this week, if we can, and we'll move forward in some into some new ground uh, starting next week. But notice um, Psalms chapter thirty-seven. What does everybody read? The first two words of Psalm. I'm sorry, Psalms thirty-four. Everybody read the first two words of Psalms thirty-four, verse one. What does those first two words say? I will. What What does it say? I will. What, what does it say? The first two words. Just first two words. What does it say? I will. What does it say again? First two words. I will. You know, those are the strongest two words in the English language. Did you know those two words can actually keep somebody out of eternity with Jesus? Because someone can say, I will not believe. Does that make sense? Those two words can also let somebody experience eternity with Jesus because they can say, I will believe, right? But here, here David says, I will bless the Lord at all times. Notice that. Notice it doesn't say um, when, when the spirit gets on me, I'll bless the Lord, right? When will we bless the Lord? All times. 
I like what Selena, there's an old, old song that Selena likes to play every now and then. And it says, there's just two times to praise the Lord. When are those two times? The song says, when I feel like it and when I don't. <laughs> Does that make sense? There's just two, there's only two times to praise the Lord. When you feel like it and when you don't feel like it. Because I will bless the Lord. Well, now listen, here David is talking about praise and worship. He's talking about blessing God in song. He's talking about worshiping God. But guys, we can do that in everything. I will pray, Paul said. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, I will pray. And I will pray in the spirit. And I will pray in the language that I know, in my understanding. Right? So there's only two times we can say to pray. Right? When's the two times to pray? When you feel like it and when you don't. Does that make sense? Right? We could say this, I will believe. When I feel like it and when I don't. Right? We could say this, there, there are two times we can give. When is that? When I feel like it and when I don't. Come on now. There, there's two times we can read the Bible. When is that? When I feel like it and when I don't. Is that? Come on now, y'all with me? So you, you can take your whole life and squish it in those two little words. I will. I will. You know, there, there's two times, men, that we can love our wives. When is that? When I feel like it and when I don't. Come on now. Now, I know y'all don't believe that because Selena is just awesome. I know it's easier to believe that for her. You know, lady, there's only two times you can love your husband, that knothead. Right? When is those two times? When I feel like it and when I don't. Do you, do you see how life works? Guys, listen to me and, and listen to me very carefully, church family, those that are watching wherever you are. I think we have never helped people understand the power that's in the choice God has given us. I, I, there is a power, an untapped power of choice. If I can be bold, especially in our current culture. I, 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 would y'all agree with me? I don't know if we've ever seen a time when all around us, both people who would call themselves believers and people who would say they are not a believer, when we have been more feeling driven than any other time than I've ever seen. I mean, I, I'm 49 years old. I know I'm still young. But in my 49 years of life on this planet, I don't know if I have ever seen a time when people are more governed by how they feel than I do right now. Yeah. Would y'all would, would y'all agree? If you're watching, would you agree with that? Listen to me. And if I am moved by how I feel, then I will be weak in my soul. And I cannot expect that if I am weak in my soul, that I will stand in the day of adversity. Amen. Remember, because what we started this morning with, right? What sustains a man in the day of adversity? The strong spirit of a man. 
Well, now, again, we know your, your born-again spirit is as strong as Jesus is. So he, we're not talking about that, but we are talking about our soul. Mm-hmm. Right? There's a strength of soul that we can develop. Yeah. Right? And I, I personally believe that's part of what the Bible calls our renewing of the mind. Yeah. Part of mind renewal is not just, Lord, what are, what's the new way of thinking that I'm not, that's a piece of it. But part of mind renewal is David is I will. Mm-hmm. Part of mind renewal is, is I, I will bless the Lord at all times. Yeah. That's what I will do. Well, well, Brad, do you feel like it? Not especially. <laughs> right today, I'd rather crawl up under the covers and cover myself up and cry. Does that make sense? We've all had those days. You know? And we can look at it. I mean, I'm, this is not a bad, this is a good thing. I don't know if it's a good analogy. Y'all can tell me, Brad, that analogy stunk, so pick something <laughs> different. But it's squirrel season, y'all. You know what I'm saying? It's time to, and so I hunt squirrels in my backyard because I got a lot of them. So that, today I was sitting there having my cup of coffee, me and Jesus talking, and I, I shot at a squirrel. I think I missed it. But we're there, and we're sitting there, and to be honest, I'd have rather just stayed right there. Does that- <laughs> Does that make sense? There's times in life you say, I'd, I'd rather just, sometimes we, that whole, I'd rather, it's not a bad thing always. Sometimes, you know, I'd rather just stay right there and be enjoying coffee and shooting at squirrels. And that sounds like a good Sunday to me. Amen. Does that make sense? But I had to make a choice. No, I will come. I will serve. Not because I have to. Does that make sense? Amen. But because as an act of my will, I want to. Even if sometimes my soul leans in a different direction, there's a strength of soul that is tied up in I will. Amen. Amen. Now, all of y'all practice this every day. I guarantee you, all of y'all practice what we're talking about. Because tomorrow, what day is tomorrow? Monday. What happens Monday? Right. Now, how many of you? You practice David's thing right now. How many of you would be honest? You'd be like, you know, I'd rather just stay home tomorrow. Anybody, anybody besides me, you'd just, I'd, just rather, I'd just rather stay home tomorrow. Now, Josh, that doesn't count you're off tomorrow, right? You get to stay home anyway, right? But some of us that are going to have to go to work because it's not our off day, we're going to have to do what David said and go, no, as much as I'd rather stay home, I will get up. Not only will I get up, I will get ready. Can I just tell on me, this is like my new hairdo? Do y'all know where this hairdo came from? Because I got to talking to Selena and I literally forgot to fix my hair this morning. <laughs> huh? Stephen, am I looking like Ferdy? Oh, goodness, I got to lay that thing down. So, um, <laughs> does that make sense? But, but not only will you get up, you will get ready. Listen to me, not only will you get up and will you get ready, but probably on the way to work, you will kind of talk yourself up a little bit. Because you will sit there and go, well, I'm going to this place anyway. Amen. I'm going to go do this anyway. And something inside of you goes, well, I can either do it mad or I can do it glad. So let me get myself over into the glad position. Amen. Right. Let me. Do you, Amen. Am I, am I, is this OK? Listen yeah. to me. So that lets you know. You can already because you're already doing it. Yeah. 
See, many times what happens is, is we begin to present some things from a spiritual direction and I've run into people at times and they say, well, Brad, that's just unrealistic. I can't do that. I can't talk myself in. I can't. No, no, you, you already doing it. So, so, so all we're saying is, is you're doing that in a very natural arena, which is fine and good to do. Again, believe me, if you're, if you're, if you're suffering, I call it lizard's disease. You ever heard of lizard's disease? It's where you're dragging tail. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so if, you, if, you're, if you're suffering from lizard's disease on your way to work on a Monday morning, it's good for you to build yourself up and talk yourself up and kind of get over the symptoms of lizard's disease. Would we agree with that? Well, listen, if I can do that in the natural, how much more can I do that in things of the spirit? So please hear me. How much more when I'm not feeling well and I can say, no, I will praise the Lord for my healing. I, I will or how much more if I'm looking at my bank account, you know, and I know I will praise the Lord. I will declare of the Lord. He is my provider. Amen. Is, is Amen. this, we, we can do it y'all because yeah. many of us, we're already doing it in some other area. Amen. All we're talking about is doing it in the area of the things of your spirit and that's strength of soul. And the Bible says that the strong soul, the strong spirit of a man sustains him in the day of adversity. And what that is talking about is, is that when challenge comes, it's when I do like David, we're going to finish like David, I, I will. Yeah. There's something, do I feel like it? I does not, doesn't matter if I feel like it or not. Amen. I, I, I will do this. I, I will give. I will serve. I will love. I will pray. I will praise. I will. Do you, well, Brad, you feel, no, I, don't feel, no, I don't have to feel like it. Amen. Aren't you glad you don't always have to feel like it? Amen. <laughs> aren't you glad? Aren't you glad? I mean, now, feelings come, right? Yep. But aren't you glad you don't have to obey them? Amen. Aren't you glad you don't have to give in to them? Amen. Now, I'm not saying they're not real. Y'all please hear me. Amen. I'm not saying they're not real. I'm not saying you don't actually feel that way. Like I said, there's times I get up and I feel certain ways. And I genuine, I feel that way. And I have to go, what am I going to do now? Does that make sense? Selena and I, if you listen to our conversations probably in it all, we'll talk about stuff and, and, and one of us will be talking to the other one and Normally, if it's like a married couple, one of us is needing some encouragement and the other one is the encourager. You ever yeah. notice that pattern? Aren't you glad that normally both of you aren't down at the same time? Yeah. <laughs> normally, right? Maybe, maybe every now and then you might have both of you down, but typically in life, I'm so glad it works out this way. One of you needs some encouragement and the other one's the encourager. But normally the encourager position between Selena and I, it always boils down to the you know, I'll pick on me. I'm over there whining about whatever Brad's whining about for the day. And Selena, just being Selena, she'll just look at you and go, well, okay, well, now what you going to do? <laughs> 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 Does that make, okay, well, all right, good. I, I hear you. I feel you. Right? I, I, I understand. I get it. I've been there too. We all can identify and have empathy 
and should, but still at the end of the day, after I have poured out whatever my challenge is, somebody is going to love me enough to go, Brad, all right, I hear you. I hear you. I acknowledge where you're coming from. I get it. Yep, man, been there myself. Now what you going to do? Because at the end of every one of these kind of times comes, okay, well, am I just going to sit here and wallow a little bit longer? Or am I, I will bless the Lord at all times. Now notice this verse two, or the end of verse one, his praise, it says, shall continually be in my mouth. Now notice verse two. What's the first two words in verse two? My soul. Notice he didn't say your spirit. You'll never have to encourage your spirit to bless the Lord. Your spirit wants to bless the Lord because your spirit is in union with the Lord. But your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions, your passions, your interests, your desires, your soul will need to make its boast in the Lord. Do y'all see that? My soul, I love that, shall. There's another great strong English word. My soul shall continue to whine and cry. Is that what it says? That's what some people's Bible says. Now, the, the, the Bible they live, that's what the Bible they live says. Yeah. My soul is just going to sit here for a little bit longer. <laughs> and my soul is going to ask for another Kleenex. Right? No, here David says, no, my soul shall make its boast in the Lord. Now, I just read this. I glanced up under the, the title heading here. It says, this is a psalm of David when he pretended to be crazy before King Abimelech, who then drove him away and departed. And so this is talking about, this is a time, if you remember in David's life, David's running from Saul. He's being attacked or persecuted by King Abimelech of the Philistines. So David pretends to be crazy because he's trying to escape death. So is David having good days or bad days when this is coming? So see, this is in David's bad days. This isn't David seated on the big pile of gold wondering when he's going to get to build the temple. This is David in the middle of the bad days. This is David in a season of his life that is down. This is David in a season of a life that's a challenge to him. And David says, I will and my soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble will hear of it and be glad. And then David turns to his buddies Right, so you're see everybody's sitting there. They need to go turn and look at somebody. Look at somebody you're sitting near or next to. I have to share with Katie. So you're going to say this: say, "Oh, magnify the Lord with me." Go ahead. Right. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. I love that. So David talks to himself twice. He says, "I will do this." Then he says to his soul, "Soul, this is what you're going to do." And then he turns to his friends and says, Kevin, magnify the Lord with me. What, what is that word again? That's not a trick. What does the word magnify mean? Most to, uh, yeah. 
make it bigger. Basically, when things happen, you need to look at the people close to you in life and you need to say, can you help me make God bigger right now? And I need your help, friend. I need your help, spouse. I need your help, church family member. I need your help, whoever you are. I need you to help me make God bigger right now. Can you help me make God bigger right now? Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Help make me bigger. Again, this is that whole idea of when these challenging times come, right? We shift over our soul and then we begin to talk about God. Who is God? Yeah. Right? We begin to make him bigger. We begin to remind ourselves of stuff. Amen. Right? If people that know you, well, I mean, this is what Selena and I do. We go, hey, remember when? Yeah. Remember when God did this? Man, remember when God took care of that? Yeah. Man, remember, you remember when this happened? Yeah. Amen. Do you remember when? You remember? Is that, we all? Yeah. And we're, what are you doing? I'm making God, I'm magnifying God. Amen. I'm making him bigger. Amen. Again, we all have heard this before and it's true because the devil wants us to magnify the problem. Mm-hmm. The devil wants us to magnify the situation. Yeah. Right? Amen. 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 Come on now. And let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and he delivered me from all my fears. And we can keep on reading, but we won't for there. But guys, listen to me. I, I'm just going to share one more thing, and we'll see what happens. But I hope that helps you this morning. If you're watching, I hope that helps you. Right? When challenging times come, when adversity in life comes, The scripture says it will be our strength of soul that sustains us. And again, I don't mean this in any way meanly to anybody. My my concern for our culture at large, including the church culture. Go throw that away, please. Thank you. Including our church culture is this, is that we are weak of soul. Does that make sense? Yeah. And and not all and 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 here's the thing. Oh man, Lord, do I really? <laughs> and, well, and we're encouraged to be weak in our soul. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're actually told that's admirable. Yeah. yeah. Now, please hear me. I'm not saying we're dishonest. Okay, that's what I loved about what Katie said. I'm not saying we're not transparent with one another. I'm not saying that we don't sit there and we can't say, man, this is what's going on. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with identifying what's happening. Yeah. But, but again, we don't stay there. Does that, yeah. oh man, I didn't mean to go there. All right, we ain't getting nowhere near where I thought we'd go. Anyway, so we'll go this way. Uh, so there is a, the challenge in our life is this, as Christ followers. How many of you are a Christ follower? You know you're, you're following Jesus, all right? So as a Christ follower, then the Bible gets to be the definer of life. Right. So when we're facing life, we go to the Bible 
and we let the Lord in the Bible define things. We let it define ourself and we let it define situations and we let it define terms. Does that make sense? So three things, again, we're talking, the Bible will define who you are. It's the source of your definition. The Bible will define what circumstances are. And the Bible will define terms. It will define words of life. And I want to specifically talk about in this next little bit, the defining of a term. And that term is the term compassion. Have you ever heard the term compassion before? It seems to me that in our current cultural world, compassion could be phrased up like this. Well, Miss Lynette, I just need you to love me right where I am. Have you ever heard that phrase before? Well, Kevin, I just need you to love me. Love me as I am today, Kevin. Love me right where I'm at. Anybody ever? Now, please hear me. That would be absolutely a true statement. Should we love people where they're at? Yes. Everybody should be shaking their head yes. Everybody resounded should. Let me ask the question one more time just to make sure it's clear. Should we love people where they're at? Yes. Yes, that's right. But listen to me very closely. That is only the beginning of compassion. Listen to me, identifying where people are at, where I am at, and and beginning to love them where they're at is only the beginning of compassion, right? All throughout Jesus's ministry, it says this, and Jesus saw the multitude and he was moved with compassion. Do you remember those phrases? All throughout the Gospels, it says, there was one occasion, it says, and he saw the multitude that they were weary and scattered like sheep who had no shepherd. And when he saw that, he was moved with compassion. And then what did he do? He said, now let's pray for them, disciples. Let's pray that the Lord of the harvest will send shepherds to the harvest so they're no longer weary and scattered like sheep without a shepherd. Now let me ask some questions again. When Jesus saw the people, were they weary and scattered? Yes. The answer to the question is yes. That's what they were. Were they like a sheep without a shepherd? Yes. That's what they were. That's, he he wasn't telling a fib. Yeah. (laughs) Right. But did Jesus just say, well, we're just going to stop right here for a month or a year or so and just bask in the moment that you're scattered and you're weary like a sheep without a shepherd. We're just going to suck this in just for a little bit. But listen to me. That's what the world wants us to do. That's what our culture wants us to do. Their term and definition of compassion is, I want you to love me as I am, and I want you to sit here with me as I am perpetually. Does that make sense? No, see, compassion always identifies where someone is, 
but compassion loves them enough to see what's needed to be done and to do what's needed to be done. Does that make sense? So compassion may begin with, Kevin, I'm going to love you right where you are, but I'm not going to leave you there. I'm not going to condemn you for being where you are. Was Jesus condemning? No. Did Jesus say, shame on you? Y'all shouldn't be scattered like sheep without a shepherd. Y'all should be ashamed of yourselves. Don't y'all know better? Did did Jesus say any of that? No. No. Is Brad saying any of that? No. Okay, big nose, right, Brad's? But yet compassion looks at people, looks at ourself and says, okay, yes, this may be today. This may be right now, but this is not where I'm staying. I'm not camping out here. I'm not pinching tents here. We moving. Does that make sense? Because listen to me. That's strength of soul. Strength of soul is the ability to acknowledge, yep, this is where I am. This is what's going on. But strength of soul says, but I will bless the Lord at all times. I will make my soul boast in the Lord. I will turn to people around me and say, hey, help me here. Help me magnify the Lord. Help me make him bigger Right, and then it will be on the hunt for. Our, and what do we need to do? Yeah. What do we? Because I'm not staying here. I'm not. I'm not living here. Amen. I'm not dwelling here. I'm not. I'm not. Does that make sense? Amen. Guys, listen to me. If if we ever make our situation a part of our identity, or if we ever baptize our situation in divine purpose, it will be exceedingly hard to leave that place. Those are the two big, especially again in our current church culture, right? It's real easy to do those two things, right? Especially the whole purpose one, right? How do we know that? Because... What ha- Tell me the phrase that happens a lot when somebody's going through something. You know, I come up and I'm telling Tabitha, Tabitha, I got this going on. And I'm, I'm pouring my woes out to Tabitha. And if, now Tabitha wouldn't do this because she's, she's strong of soul. But Tabitha, if she was like a lot of folks, she'd look at you and go, well, Brad, that must what? That must suck. <laughs> that might be true. <laughs> and I, what I was looking for, but another honest answer, I love it, is... But how many of you heard somebody, well, Brad, that must be happening for a reason. Don't you hear, we hear that all the time. Well, that must be happening for a reason. That, 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 that wouldn't be going on if there wasn't a higher purpose. God must have a design. Listen to me. That is some of the most dangerous thinking we could let ourselves entertain. Because if that is, if, big, everybody say if. If that were true, then should I fight what's going on? No. If this is happening for a divine purpose, if this is going on for a higher reason, then I best leave well enough alone and just let it happen 
because there's got to be a reason. Does that make sense? Listen, that's exactly what the devil wants us to do. (laughs) Come on now. That's exactly what the devil, it'd be, it'd be like, um, I know this, y'all, this is all right this morning. This helping anybody. It'd be like this. It'd be like, what if David that day, when he came up and he heard Goliath go fee, fi, fo, fum, right? And do his decrees. And David would have said, well, I guess this is happening for a reason. (laughs) Come on. I guess that giant's there for a reason. I guess we had it coming. There's got to be a lesson we should learn. If that had been David's attitude, they would have all put themselves into slavery. But praise God, there was somebody, there was a David who heard something and he realized, no, wait a minute. This has nothing to do. Can I tell you, have you ever, we've all heard the David and Goliath story. Yes. Uh, have you ever thought about this before? We've always heard it said, how many of you have heard it said that was a story about faith? Anybody ever heard that before, that the David and Goliath story was a faith? Listen to me, it wasn't a faith story. The David and Goliath story was an identity story. Okay. That wasn't about faith. It was the fight for identity. Because the circumstance was saying, this is who y'all are. This is, y'all are nothing. You're a bunch of dogs. You're a bunch of slaves. This is who, and there was a person, David, who stood up and heard the fight for what it was and said, this is attack against our national identity. This is an attack against who we are. Because the language was, who do you think you are? You have no covenant. You have no identity. We are the armies of the living God. We are the covenant people. We will take your head off. We, (laughs) does that make sense? See, that was an identity fight. Listen to me. Most of the giants in our life are fights for identity. They are not fights of faith. Wow. Come on, I'm going to say that one more time. Somebody needs to hear that, listening here and online. Most of the circumstances that we face in life are not fights of faith. They're fights of identity. The giant is trying to get you to agree with it. Yep, you're broke. Yep, you're poor. Right? Yep, you're sick. Always going to be sick. Yep, you got no purpose. Yep, you're useless. Yep, your time is done. Yep. Do y'all see that? The giants of life are trying to get you to agree with what they say about you. They're trying to get you to agree with the false identity. Yeah. Yeah. Does that help? Come on. So being a strong of soul, again, is not denying what's going on. It's doing, living, saying, acting based on truth. That's what David was saying. So I will do this. I will praise the Lord. I will boast in the Lord. I will magnify the Lord. Does that make sense? Amen. I'm looking at this. Okay. Go to Deuteronomy 
chapter 30. I'm going to share one thought. Deuteronomy chapter 30. 30. Deuteronomy chapter 30. This is probably going to be a famous verse that many of you have heard many times before. Look at verse 19. I'm going to read a couple of verses here and I'm going to share something with you that goes along with this and then we'll be done for this morning. So here... Deuteronomy 30, verse 19, God, our Father, is speaking in this verse. And notice what God says. God says in verse 19, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life so that you and your descendants may live. Right? So have you ever heard that verse before? Right? Life and death, blessing and cursing. I, yeah. I joke it. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19. Yeah. I always jokingly like to say, you know, it and God, I wish my teachers were like God in school. Right? God gives them a two-answer, multiple-guess question. And just in case they didn't know what the answer was, God told them the answer. Right? <laughs> Here's a test, guys. Life, death, blessing, cursing. And just in case you're wondering... You want to go on the life side, right? I wish I had teachers that were like that. But listen to me. What stood out to me uh, over the last few weeks is the first part of that verse I had never seen before. God says, I call heaven and earth as witnesses. I'm going to read this from the New Living Translation and tie this into what we've been talking about this morning. Let me go to New Living Notice this, the New Living Translation, same verse. God says, today I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and cursings. And now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Listen to me, guys. I want to share this. What we're talking about is in connection to this. God in this moment in Deuteronomy, he literally did a creative rewiring of the universe. In this one moment, God says, heaven, the spiritual realm, the spiritual creation, earth, the physical realm, the physical creation, I want you to pay attention to the choice of my people because you'll respond to their choice. Remember what we said a little while ago? I don't think we've helped people understand the untapped power of their choice. And here God said, literally, the spiritual creation and the earthly creation will respond to your and I's choice. So if we choose life, heaven and earth go, Brad wants life. Here's life. If I choose death, the creation goes, well, I guess he wants death. So it responds with death. Come on. Does that make sense? Yes. 
So that now let's tie that back. So David is in this place. What will I do? Right? David's got Saul coming at him on one place. He's got King Abimelech coming on the other. He has to kind of feign madness to escape. But in this hard spot in David's life, David says, I will choose life. I will bless the Lord. I will boast in the Lord. I will get people to help me magnify the Lord. Why? Because David understood, I believe, in this hard spot, I'm choosing life. Amen. Yes. I'm going to choose life in this hard spot. Why? Because the creation in heaven will respond to my choice. Does that make sense? So this whole morning has been by the direction of the Spirit, and thank you, Katie, for being obedient with that, has been to lead us in this understanding of, man, when our soul is down, when we are facing a challenge, when life has a circumstance that's coming at us, what do we do? And we say, I will choose life. Does that make sense? I will. What is, what is choosing life? Choosing life begins with, okay, God, I'll make my boast in you. That's right. Amen. I was sitting there, I told you this morning, I was sitting there waiting for a squirrel to come by. <laughs> Amen. And, and, and my heart's, my, over the last probably 10 days, I've been saying, Lord, um, I want to please you. Man, more than ever in my walk with God, my desire, Lord, I just remember hearing somebody say that, uh, Billy Graham's wife, after Billy had died, she said, I never knew a man more than my husband whose desire was to please God. And I don't know, that just resonated in me. Yeah. And just as a man, I just, God, I want to please you. Not because I feel like you're displeased, but I, I, I just want. Yeah. And so I began to say, well, what does the Bible say about pleasing God? And surprise, surprise, first verse, when you Google it, I Google a lot of stuff. I, Verses on pleasing God. That's what I did. First verse that pops up, Hebrews 11, verse 6. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. But notice, because the one that would want to be near to God must believe that he is who he says he is. And, and, this guy, and he's the one who will pay the wage based on who he is. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. He's the one. And, and, and so this morning I'm sitting there and said, Lord, thank you that you are a rewarder. Right? Thank you that you reward based on who you are. And the Bible tells me you are God who provides. You are God who heals. You are God that gives peace. You are the God who brought righteousness. You are the God who is love. That's the flag of heaven is love. Mm-hmm. Amen. We play. Does that make sense? Amen. Well, see, how do I do that? Because, Lord, then I choose you. Yeah. And just this morning, if you're here based on, again, what Katie had said, wherever, just speaking to that, or if you're listening on the podcast or watching right now on, on the Facebook thing, just right now, just begin to respond to God. Begin to talk out your I wills right where you are. Amen. So I'm going to start with me, but I'm not saying that you follow me and what I'm saying. Just follow the example and I want you to do for you. 
Does that make sense? So, Father, today, Lord, I will praise you. Hmm. <laughs> Amen. I will bless you. Lord, you are my provider. Lord, you are the one who supplies above and beyond all I could ask, all I could think, all I could imagine. Father, thank you. Thank you. Amen. You are the God of abundance. Mm. Lord, I boast in you. Lord, I remember, Lord, how you paid for us to go through mission school. Lord, I remember that. I boast in you are the one who supplies abundantly. Amen. Lord, I remember all the places you've taken us, all the things you've given us to accomplish, and you've done above and beyond always. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I praise you for that today. Lord, I choose to say, amen, you, Lord, are making me rich. Lord, you, Lord, are increasing me in every way. You are making us to abound as a church family. You are making us to abound. Lord, I thank you for how you set up meeting people and opportunities and how you orchestrate life for my good. For our good Lord, thank you so much. Hallelujah. I magnify you today. Amen. Thank you, Father. And I said, could you just do that with you right where you are? Out loud with your own words. Amen. Our soul will make our boast in the Lord. Mm. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Mm. Thank you, Lord God. Amen. Listen to me. Um, I encourage you uh, to, as you do this, do this out loud where people can hear you. At least yourself, at least your family, right? Because it says the humble will hear of it and be glad. Can I just be, just the thought that just came to me. Uh, sometimes we don't say these things because we can, don't want to be embarrassed. Or we don't want to be seen as uppity or pretentious. Or, well, who do you think you are making those kind of claims? Does that make sense? Listen to me. So if the humble hear it and be glad, then the proud hear of it and scoff. So if your boast in the Lord ever causes people to be upset, you just need to know you're dealing with pride. You're not dealing with anything else. Because yeah. <laughs> when the humble hear someone boasting in the Lord, right? The humble hear it and go, amen. Praise God. I agree with that, brother. Amen. That's going to happen for you. Amen. Does that make sense? That's, gonna, that's you. That, I believe that with you. Come. Amen. amen. See, the humble hear things and they're glad. Amen. The humble hear. So again, I encourage us as we hear each other and as you hear other people and if you hear them boast in the Lord, amen, can let's develop a habit and let's just join them. Amen. And just out loud go, amen. I agree with that. Amen. And, I, and I'm going to say that, I say that really strongly, I believe, by the Spirit of God. Amen. If you hear people out in the grocery store and they're trying, 
Because you might run into other believers and something happens and they go, praise the Lord. We just need to go, praise the Lord. Amen. <laughs> Amen. We just need to join them. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. Come on now. Cause, cause, and, I, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm being as serious as I know how and, and humorous, but I am serious. Because I, I was, was driving with the kids this morning. We were listening to WDJC, I'm ashamed to say. <laughs> Simply because I was listening to WDJC, and it was the biggest whining and, and sniveling and woe is us and what are we going to do? And, and life is hard and there's nothing but evil going on around us. And I'm sitting here driving to church, listening to the local Christian radio station, thinking in my head, how am I going to talk this out of my kids' ears? Yeah. It, 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 well, it's sad to think I've got to change to the rock station to get some encouragement. Because <laughs> at least on the rock station, they're, whoa, we're halfway. I mean, it, 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 <laughs> Right. I mean, you listen to the Christian station and it's like, whoa, we're almost out of gas. I mean, that's what, you know, does, does that make sense? And, and I had to turn, maybe it's been a theme because I had to turn to my kids and I turned to the radio station and said, children, that's just a sign that they're weak in their soul. Yeah. That's all that is. That's a sign that they're weak in their soul. Right. They're not making their boast in the Lord. Right? They're singing about their problem. They're singing about their situation. Now, and y'all saw my post I, I, I borrowed from Derek Crosby at our Irondale campus, and I'm glad to see his post has is, is gone viral. Right? But there was a post you can follow. It. But guys, listen to me. If ever our worship focuses more our looks more, our sounds more like our culture or our problem or our circumstance instead of Jesus, then we're probably not worshiping. Yeah. Now, this is not in Derek's post. This is thus saith Brad. We're probably just whining. Come on. We're probably just whining and complaining. And we need to practice Psalms 34 and tell our soul, all right, so come on, you're going to make your boast in the Lord. In the Lord. Right. Does, does that make sense? Does that help? Yes. Amen. So, so that, that I, I mean that for as real as I know, for us as life of faith, we're here at Piggly Wiggly. Those that don't, from Alabama, a Piggly Wiggly is a grocery store for you that don't know. Right. But we're in Piggly Wiggly. Right. And we hear somebody and wh whether they meant it or not, and they go, well, praise the Lord. I just want to start with praise the Lord. I want us out loud. Why? Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Amen. Let us exalt his name together. And if I could say, if we could start something where we're at work and people say, and, hey, praise the Lord. Hey, God's good. Come, I know that might sound weird and we, and we might be labeled as them. You know, who, you know who they are, right? Those, oh, he's one of those Christians, right? He's one of those. I, I, think, I think we need more of those. Because if I can listen, again, I can listen around and go, there's not many of those talking yeah. anymore. There's not many people exalting the Lord yeah. out loud. Right? Remember Paul and Silas, they were in the midnight hour. They were, they were beaten, they were chained, and they sang and they prayed out loud. And it says, and the other prisoners heard them. Yeah. Right? 
But listen to me, what happened right after that? You remember? It says an earthquake came by God, shook the foundations of the prison, and popped everybody's chains off. As listen to me, we don't know, but when we out loud praise God, it sets everybody free. It doesn't just free our chains. It shakes the foundations of the bondage that is holding our culture, and it pops everybody free. Amen. 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 Well, Lord, we love you so much. Thank you for this. Thank you for our time together today. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.